not heard this message. Some of you may be familiar with it, but what we did is last Wednesday, we started talking about the Holy Spirit of God. Many times we know about God Himself, God the Father. We talk about Jesus, you know, cheer up. We talk about Jesus and we talk about the blood of Jesus and we know about God, we know about Jesus, and a lot of times people don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit is the third person to the Trinity, you know, is the Father, Son, and... Holy Spirit. You know, we call Him the Holy Ghost. But, you know, so He goes by the same name. We've talked a little bit about these things, but we wanted to give you really some biblical sound uh, um, information so you can say, what's the Holy Spirit supposed to do? What's His job, okay? What is He supposed to do? We know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I think it's verse 17, it says, when you come to know Christ, you give your spirit, His spirit joins with your spirit, and you become what we call born again. Say born again. If you're not born again tonight, tonight you can change that. You can become born again. Amen? It's a matter of just accepting Jesus Christ into your, into your heart. It's a matter of repenting for your past sins. And now you're covered with the blood of Jesus. You're on a journey. Everybody's on a journey here tonight. So everybody got those handouts? Let's just kind of go over real quick. I'm, I'm not going to get into it. If you want, I'm not going to get into what we've already covered. If you want that information, you can go on the website. You can uh, listen to it. Um, you can get the CDs. Just get a hold of Augustine. Tonight, the youth are taken out and they're doing an impact. And they are going to be delivering food tonight. All right? They're going to go out. They're going to ask God where they need to go. So they're headed to do that right now. Can we pray for them? Tom, would you come on up and would you pray for the youth tonight as, they've, as they're going out and... Um, and just distributing food that the, that the Lord or the Holy Spirit will just lead them where, where He wants them to be. And there will be some divine connections tonight. Sure. Father, we thank you for this opportunity tonight to be, be your hands extended and be your legs, Father. To go the places that, that you need to reach. And as it were, to get into those places where your, your voice is heard dim, Lord. And we just thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for your leading of these kids yes. and, and the people that are helping them and directing them. Father, divinely intercede right now and, and give them words and, and give them knowledge and wisdom about where you need this stuff delivered and, and where you need your word and, and your spirit delivered. Father, just rest on them right now and direct them, Father, and we'll give you the praise and glory for it, and we turn it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start off with number five tonight. I'm just letting Marty know. Marty, you can zip to number five on that, on that PowerPoint. But I want to go through and just give you number one. When we're talking about the functions of the Holy Spirit, what's the Holy Spirit supposed to do? How does the Spirit of God continue to lead us and guide us and, and do these things in the earth realm within us? So number one is the Holy Spirit helps you understand the Bible. Understand the Bible. Number two, the Holy Spirit helps you pray. He helps us pray. When we don't know how to pray, He helps us pray with moanings and groanings and travail. Okay? Number three, we can get wisdom. Say wisdom. We can get wisdom. Holy Spirit. I don't know if I'm stepping into some blank spots or if it's just me doing that or you let me know if I need to change mics, okay? Um, number four, we talked about that the Holy Spirit guides us. He's our, he's our guide. Jesus said, I'm going to leave. Why? Because there's the, I, the Father will send the Comforter. 
And he says, the spirit of truth is going to come and he will guide us. He'll guide you into truth. And he doesn't speak on his own. He speaks of what the Father tells him. You know, Jesus heard the voice of God and did what God wanted him to do. We need to be able to know that the spirit, our spirit, can connect with the voice of God. You can hear the voice of God. Can you hear it audibly? There are sometimes where people hear it audibly. They know an audible sound of the Lord. They know the voice of the Good Shepherd. Jesus said that my sheep will know my voice. So we can hear God audibly. There may be some of you that may have an impression on your heart, may have an impression on your mind, you know, on, on yourself that says, that's the Spirit of God. How do we know if it's the Spirit of God? If it lines up with the Word of God, it's the Spirit of God. Come on, somebody. And, and if it's not the Spirit of God, I don't know if the, you know, I don't know if the devil's gonna tell you, you know what I mean, to, to do all these things and follow after God, you know, and, and get you to do those things and, and think that it's gonna not be beneficial for God. Alright? So one of the things that you have to realize and understand is that he, he guides us and, and he helps us along. We use the GPS. Say GPS. I'm sorry, my mouth just dries up. I'm going to have to just carry this bottle of water with me. That's the medication that I'm on, I think, and it just really dries my mouth out. But we talked about God's powerful spirit. There's a GPS inside of you. There's this, you some people say, well, that's my conscience. Well, that may be true too, but that conscience is the spirit of the living God. It's your spirit, his spirit, and it renews you to the place where you know what to do. See, it's not about us doing good or bad. You know when you're not supposed to do something that you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? I mean, you, we all get that little unction. We get that little, you know, that little nudge, that little thing. It's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you just ran that stoplight, you know? Uh-uh, you, you just ran that stop sign. Oh, you, you should have treated them better. I mean, we want to be able to be attentive to that because the Spirit of God will guide us, and He'll guide us into truth. He wants to guide us into truth. And that's the thing. A lot of times people don't want truth. They don't want to know the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to be led into the truth. But the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, leads us. Okay, number five. He brings us into deep and lasting peace. Turn with me to John chapter 14. And we're just going to look at verses 15 through 31. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. He brings us into deep and lasting peace. The word that goes in there is peace. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will, will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. 
He who does not love me does not keep my words. The word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens you may believe. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up, let us go from here. So I want to put it in proper context. I mean, Jesus, he was really talking about the role of the Spirit. And And the disciples didn't want him to leave. You ever had somebody come and visit you, friend, family member, something like that? You know, it could have been a real good friend that you've been friends with for a long time. And they come to your house and they stay in your house and, and you enjoy the time with them and they're, they're going to leave and you don't want them to leave. You ever had that feeling? That was the feeling that the disciples had. They didn't want Jesus to leave. You know, they'd, they'd seen the miracles, they'd been involved in the supernatural things that Christ had done. So that same feeling that you have when you have some friends or family members that you don't want them to go and you're like, oh gosh, it's going to be a long time before I get to see you again. I'm just glad you came and I really don't want you to leave. The disciples were in that place. And Jesus was saying, look, I've got to go. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is going to continue to lead you and guide you. And he says, a peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now there's a difference in peace. Does anybody understand the difference in the peace of God versus just having natural peace? There can be outside conflicts and we can say we're not living in peace. Do you think our world as it is today is, is living in peace? Why, why would you say that? There's, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's all sorts of things still going on, people not getting along. But how about you? Can you live in peace even though there's some things going around about you? Can you live in peace? Can you find a place where you can still live in peace? I, I, I watch mothers with an infant that's crying. And they know that the child's not hurt, not hungry. You know, the needs are all taken care of. And that child may just want its way. And it's not getting its way. And they'll cry and cry. And mothers are just like... You know, and you think, you know, the first time when you see it, you're like, well, you know, you see it in the grocery store sometimes. You know, the child may throw a fit because it, it wants a cookie or, or a package of, uh, you know, donuts or something like that. And the mother says, no, nope, you're not getting that. And the mother's just going on, doing her shopping at peace. And the child's throwing a fit. Do you understand? That's the peace that we can live with. There is a peace that if we'll allow the Spirit of God, no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance is in your life, you can still be at peace. There may be some unrest around you. There may be some difficult things around you, but you can still live in peace. Has anybody ever experienced that? How do we get there? Do you, can you, wouldn't you like to just stay there all the time? I had a brother-in-law... And he would, it didn't matter what was going on. 
His demeanor was the same all the time. A guy could throw him a million dollars and his, his demeanor would be the same. He could be dealing with a tragedy and his demeanor was the same thing. He, ne- he was never too high, never too low. He was just right, ready to go. And it would just seem like nothing bothered him. I mean, the house could be on fire and he would just be nice and relaxed, get his things, walk out of the house, never be in a hurry for anything. You know, he never, he never was in a hurry for anything. I, you know, I just thought, Mike, you know, it's amazing that you can be that way. He just was able to live in peace. I want to be able to get to the place where we can live in peace. So we know that, that, that the Spirit of God wants to bring us deep and lasting peace. Not just something that is just because your emotions. Things are good. I feel good. I like my husband today or I like my wife today and I got peace in my family. But have deep and lasting peace. That's what we're after. You know, there's a lot of people looking for that peace. They try to find it in drugs. They try to find it in alcohol. They try to find it in food. They try to find it in other activities. There's peace that, that people that are trying to find peace in different areas, in different parts of the world, different parts of the city, different parts of their home. They try to find this peace. Some people will try to find the peace in recreation. We're trying to find this peace. What we're looking for is only something that the Holy Spirit can do. What the many people are looking for, you've got the answer. you just got to let them know where that peace is. But how many times as we are growing as individuals, as we're growing as, as men and women of God, that we get upset, that we, we get out of peace. You know what I mean? And yeah, if we get into the flesh, we get led by our, by our emotions lead us instead of we leading in our emotions. And it's not, it's not uncommon. And especially, you know, I still work on that. I, I may get out of peace at times. But I want to be able to be a person or come to a place where I allow the Spirit of God just to continue in my life. Look at Philippians chapter 4. And I want to just look at verse 7. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians chapter 4 verse 7. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to back up to verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God. There's something that I really enjoy. The peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there's a peace of God. Let's look at what this peace of God does. What is this peace of God? Number one, it, it surpasses what you can comprehend. There's a way that you can have peace in your life and it will surpass what your comprehension is. There's no way that I thought I could get through this, but I've got peace now. Some people have, 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 are on their dying bed and you know what they're looking for? A lot of times when I get to them, especially if they're not believers, they're dying. It's a, it's a fatal disease that they have, cancer or something. They're trying to find peace. They'll get aunts and uncles in that they haven't talked to in 20 or 30 years and they'll find peace. I know some people that will be laying on death's bed and are they're waiting for a certain person. 
There might be somebody waiting for that daughter that's in California to make it there. They might be able to wait for the son that is, that is in New York, that they're waiting for them to arrive. They're looking for a peace. They're looking for a peace. There's a lot of times when somebody's on their deathbed that they are open for the things of God because all of a sudden they are faced with the next step in eternity for their life where they're going to spend that eternity. So the Holy Spirit guides us. Those young men that just came in, would you give them a handout, please? The guys that just joined us, they're going to give you guys a handout, all right? And you guys can fill that in. I'm glad you joined Okay, so he says there's a peace that surpasses all comprehension. And what will that peace do? It'll guard your heart. What ha- what, why? Does anybody know a scripture about your heart? Guard your heart because out of it, come on, flow the... Issues of life. So there's a peace of God that has to guard your heart. Because if you don't guard your heart, and this is part of the Holy Spirit's job, is to bring us long and everlasting peace. If we don't guard our heart with those things, our heart will get turned and will get hardened towards the things that are bothering us. We can become bitter. We can become jealous. We can be angry. See what I mean? Because it's our heart. When you have a relationship with God, is He after your mind? What's He after? What is God after? Your heart. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. Because our minds, well, the Bible says it's an enmity with God. It's a, it's a, a war that's taking place with your mind against the things of God. So God wants our heart. He wants that peace, okay? So number five is He brings deep and lasting peace. Number six, He brings unity to believers. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. He brings unity to believers. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, just as, you, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Okay, he brings unity, unity in the Spirit to the bond of peace. There it is again. There's peace. There's peace. So we need to have unity. What's unity? Is it, is it everybody looking the same, acting the same, being the same? Is that unity? Can we be, are the churches united? You know, there's many different churches. We do a lot of different things. The leaders in our community, are they in unity? They want the best for our community. Our unity is not uniformity. It's not everybody looking like me. Everybody looking like, you know, Robert. Everybody acting the same way. We know how to act and it's the what in the Word of God. That's what it is. This is our guide. But the Spirit of God guides us into these things. So if the Spirit of God guides me, if my GPS guides me, God's powerful Spirit that's on the inside of me guides me into these things, He's going to guide me into unity. We want to be uni- unified. Why are we in unity? Why do, we, do we agree on everything? No. Does that mean we can't be in unity? Absolutely. I look at a ball team. A, we'll talk a little bit about a basketball team. Maybe a, you know, the Boston Celtics or something. They may not all, all be the same. They're not all the same height. They're not all the same size. They may not have come from the same place. They've got different backgrounds. But there's one thing they're in unity about. And being in unity, they're going after a national championship. 
Okay? So anytime you get a team, a group of people together, there has to be that common goal, there has to be that common thread, something that we're in unity of. Now one of the things that I know the churches in Woodward, we're in unity of, of reaching people for Christ. Okay? We want to be able to reach people for Christ. We want to operate in that unity that God has for us. So turn with me to Psalms 133. I just, I just hear the Spirit of God just saying... Let's just look at Psalms 133, because I just want to, I just want to just, let's read it. Let's find out what, what God wants to teach through this thing tonight. Say unity. See, the Spirit of God wants to bring unity within us. You know why? If there's not unity, then there's strife. And if there's strife, do you know what the Bible says about strife? There's every evil work. Think about that. If you don't have unity, then all we're doing is playing into the devil's hands. Psalms 133. This is a a real long psalm. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It's like precious oil on the head, coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming down on the edge of his robes, It's like the dew of Hermon coming upon the mountains of Zion. For there, when he says for there, you have to go back and you have to look at what he said beforehand. So for there, which meaning unity, for there, when we're in unity, the Bible says the Lord commands a blessing. Our home's in unity. If homes are in strife and disaccord, then there's not the blessing that's going to be in there. When we get in unity, when we get in one accord, when we get pulling in the same direction for the same things, then guess what the Bible says? It says there is going to be blessings from the Lord upon that. And he's talking about the blessings of God. And he says life forever. Blessings. Wow. How good and pleasant it is. For brothers and sisters and moms and dads and aunts and uncles and friends and family to, to live in unity together. Because when there's unity, then there's the blessing of the Lord. So the Spirit of God wants to bring peace. The Spirit of God wants to bring unity. He wants us to be saying this is about one common cause, one common purpose. No matter what's going on in your life, God wants to bring peace to your situation. Do you realize that? He wants to have peace in your situation as well as you want to have peace. But sometimes, in order to get peace, you have to go through war to get it. If you'll look back in the the Old Testament, David was a warrior king. What happened after David's reign? This is history. What happened after David's reign was there was peace. He had to go through the war, and then Solomon came in, and operated in peace. And there was war during David's time. And there was peace. So we know that, that the Holy Spirit wants to bring us long-lasting peace. We know that the Holy Spirit wants to bring us unity. He wants to bring unity. And I know that that's God's job, that He's wanting to bring unity in us. How does God use you to bring unity? When things are sideways in relationships... Do you let the other person figure it out? Or do you have to be the one that says, Can we meet? Can we talk? Can you humble yourself and bring unity? Bring peace to the situation? 
when things are sideways? Or does pride come in and say, I'm not bowing down to them. They wronged me. They wronged me. They wronged me. They wronged me. And I can be right and I can stand on where my position is. It's not about your position. It's about you willing to say, look, I messed up. And sometimes I've apologized for stuff. People are like, it's not your fault. I want to bring unity. You know, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you got hurt. I'm sorry that person treated you that way. I want to bring unity. I want to bring peace. Because I know there's a blessing there. And I want the blessings. I don't know about you. If you're here at church and you don't want the blessings, then when you get them, you just give them to us, those of us that want them. Amen? Because I want those blessings. So when we look at it and we say, you know what? There's blessings of the Lord for the unity. So I want to have those. I want to be able to operate in those. So we know that the Spirit of God wants to bring unity. The Spirit of God has never accomplished anything by causing strife or division. There are times where you stand on God's side and that's it. If you get on the other side, then you're going to be into a war and then you're going to wonder why this war is going on. And sometimes it's because you moved your position and God didn't move His. God's not going to move His position. He's going to stay right there. He's going to be true. The Spirit of the living God wants to operate in you. We've got to allow the Spirit of the living God. Well, I don't know if that's God, if I'm right, and she's wrong, and that's just the way it is. It's the Spirit of God to bring what? Peace and unity. God's Spirit wants to bring unity. Well, it's, it's her fault. She's going to apologize to me. There have been times with families, we, we, get, we get husbands and wives, and they're like at odds with each other, and nobody is willing to say, you know what, it's not about whether I get my way. I want my way. It's about bringing peace and unity. Sometimes husbands and wives go to bed together mad. And they wake up in the morning. And they're still mad at each other. They may not remember why they're mad at each other. But they still are mad at each other. God wants us to have unity. He wants us to be able to have peace. All right. Number seven. John chapter four. Verse 21 through 24. The Holy Spirit really wants to help us worship. We've got the, we have got a worship team that is second to none. We have pastors, and you guys are spoiled. There are, there, are, there are different types of worship in different types of churches. There are different types of worship. But we, we come to a place where you come in, and I want to come in, and I want to worship God. And I have to let the Holy Spirit help me worship God. Help me get to a place where I can worship God. We've got a tremendous opportunity during the Spirit, as the Spirit begins to move during praise and worship, to help us bring us into a place of worship for God. So we know that He helps us worship. John 14, 21 and 22 says this. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. Go ahead in verse 23. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. Okay. Wasn't the, wasn't the Holy Spirit bringing us truth? We're going to worship him in what? Spirit and? We're going to worship him in spirit and? Truth. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in Spirit and truth. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to let us worship, help us worship. There's times where my mind's on other things. There's times where I'm thinking about this and thinking about that. 
And, I, and I'm like, I can't get into that place of worship. And there's times where I've just got to say, God, help me. Help me. If I don't have tears every now and then, my heart's getting hardened. That's just, I know that's how the Spirit works with me. We have people that cry and they say, well, I'm sorry I cried. No, that's how God works. The Spirit of the living God will work through tears. You know, He'll break that stony heart. And when something gets broken, sometimes you've got to cry because it's broken. But the Spirit of God will continue to move. The Spirit of God will continue to help bring you into a place of worship. And number eight, He helps us speak for Christ. He helps us speak for Christ. We're to be witnesses, right? We're to be a witness for God. I'm to speak of the good news of the kingdom of God. I'm to speak about Jesus Christ. I'm to proclaim the gospel. And how do we do that? Because I don't hear people proclaiming the gospel that aren't led by the Spirit of God. They're not going to proclaim something about Christ unless they're led by the Spirit of God. Let's just turn with me to to Luke chapter 12. And let's look at... um, Let's look at verses 11 and 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 11 and 12. He helps us speak for Christ. How many of you have had a time where you didn't know what to say to somebody? And then all of a sudden you said something and that person was like, Oh, I understand now. It's almost like the Spirit of God spoke through you. And touched that person. And brought understanding to that situation. Okay, Luke chapter 12, 11 and 12, please. When they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense or what you are to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Man, I went down to the Senate and was was the the chaplain for the Senate. I remember the first time and I did not want to go. I did not want to go. I fought everything to go. I tried to come up with some excuses. I went in and talked to Shelley about it. There was a conference that was going on then. And I knew it was a way that God was bringing me into something. And I just didn't want to do it. And, and then I thought, well, this is a great honor. I'll probably never get this honor ever again. So I'm going to go and I'm going to try to have a good attitude. God was wanting to bring me to the conference. As well as put me into the Senate. And there was a time... When I went into one of the senator's office and I did not know what to say. And the Spirit of God just clicked in. And, 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 and I got to the place where I could see his heart soften as I was sitting across from him at his desk. And I was able to minister to him. One on one in his office by himself. There was nobody else in there with him. Just he and I. And he was not a Republican. <laughs> see God's not Republican nor Democrat I don't know if that will shake your theology but God, God is neither Republican or Democrat amen he's God so when I was sitting there the spirit of God showed me what to say the spirit of God told me what to say you know that's where prophecy comes from prophecy comes from the spirit of God beginning to speak out those things that will unlock your destiny that will unlock plans that will unlock purposes that will bring correction or will bring truth or will bring an enlightenment or illumination or however you want to say it but he he helps us speak for Christ so the disciples man they were they were they were struggling because when Jesus was was 
had died, rose again, they were the ones that were fleeing. And they were brought before kings. And they were brought before the judge. Modern day vernacular. And the judge was saying, what, what are you going to do about this? And they were like, I don't know what to say. And they'd start preaching. I know Paul was before Agrippa and the Spirit of God spoke through Paul. And he went through the whole Old Testament about some things and said, Isaiah prophesied about him. Jeremiah prophesied about him. And they knew because that because of the Jewish Old Testament, they were aware of those things. And he was, he was talking to the king. And he was, and the king says, Oh, are you going to try to convert me now? You're going to try to make me a Christian? And because the Holy Spirit was telling him what to say. So in this, in this scripture, he says the Spirit will teach you in that very hour what to say. You've got to be prepared. But there are times and in, in, in situations in your life that you're going to have things come at you and you're not going to know what to say. And guess what? He said, open your mouth and he would fill it. We've got to open our mouths. Some of us are just afraid to open our mouths. I'm not educated enough. I don't know enough about that topic. I don't understand that subject. I don't have enough information there. You know, we're afraid to open our mouths. And you know what? There are times where the Holy Spirit is nudging you and saying, this is what you've got to do. And we just got to open our mouth and let God do it. And the wisdom will flow. And the Bible even talks about having the wisdom that other people can't refute what you're saying. And there's times where we've talked to people, ministered to people, spoke the Word of God, led by the Holy Spirit. He taught us what to teach, I mean what to say, because He wants to teach us about the things of Christ. And all I could do was teach them or bring forth to them what God had done within us. And it was everything the Spirit was wanting to do. And the person just moved into a relationship with God. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. I'm just going to read this to you. It says... But beware of men who will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in the synagogues. And you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake. As a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about what you're going to say. It will be given to you in that very hour what you're going to say. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father that speaks in you. Okay? So the, the Spirit of your Father that speaks in you. Not my biological dad. Not my biological dad. My heavenly Father. It's His Spirit. The Spirit of the living God speaks in me. And He says, I'm going to tell you what to say. I'm going to tell you what to say. I believe Jesus was led by that same Spirit of God when He stood before Caiaphas, Caiaphas, and when He stood before those, those rulers, Pilate, when He stood before those, and, and the Spirit of God told Him what to say. He was listening to the Father, and the Spirit was operating, telling Him what to say. So, in that very time. So, we can see how the Spirit of God helps us speak. Let's go to another scripture. Acts chapter 4. It's alright if we have some scriptures tonight. Amen. Acts chapter 4. I want to just want to look at verses 8 through 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people... 
If we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Hold on just a second. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if you are on trial today for the benefit you've done to a sick man, and as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and all of the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. The power of the Spirit of the living God. Peter didn't already rehearse what he was going to say at the time he was going to say it. Peter was just open to the things of the Spirit. What about this Peter versus the Peter that was before the book of Acts? There was a difference. There was a difference. Go ahead, keep going. He is the stone which was rejected by you. The builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. This was a time that Jesus had already been, been, been crucified, buried, rose again, came back and taught for 40 days, went to be at the right hand of the Father. This was a time that Jesus had said, I have got to leave because the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Peter, the same Peter, that cruci- when they crucified Jesus, he said, Lord, I'll never, I'll never talk bad about or I'll, ne- I'll, I'll never deny you, God. And Jesus said, no, you're going to deny me three times and the rooster's going to crow. What about that, Peter? who was running scared of people. Now you see a Peter that was filled with the Holy Spirit, standing before kings, governors, all these people, standing and speaking the words of God. There was a difference in that Peter. This Peter in the upper room, something happened to Peter. Something happened to his DNA. Something happened to him in his life. This Peter who was afraid, now all of a sudden is bold. He receives the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you will. He receives the Spirit of God. He is filled with the Spirit of God. And these guys came out of that upper room and they changed the world in which we're living in today. It was because of the Spirit of the living God had filled these men and they were not afraid. They were not afraid to speak by that Spirit of God that was in them. They came out and they healed the sick. They delivered. They did all these miraculous things because of the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. What's the difference in that Peter? What's the difference in you? You're not who you used to be. You're not who you used to be. What's the difference in you? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Will you let God fill you to overflowing with the Spirit of the living God? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to shape you and change you and mold you and teach you like the Bible says? Will you allow Him to guide you? Will you allow Him to bring you into peace? Will you allow Him to be a comforter to you? I mean, it's the Spirit of the living God that will bring these things to us. Are you willing to let the peace of God that transcends all understanding be upon your heart and upon your mind? What about these disciples? They were beginning, they were beginning to be sent out. They were beginning to be sent out. They were different. 
because the Spirit of God hit them. Landed on them, tongues of fire, whatever you, whatever you might believe it, it filled them. It said Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, even when, when the apostles were looking for uh, the distribution of food and they had some issues, they were looking for a deacon. And what was they trying to find that deacon? They were trying to find a deacon who was filled with the Spirit of God. Something they could notice. Something they could see. Being filled with the Spirit of God is not just one act. It's not just one thing you do and check it off your to-do list. You need to be filled, continually filled. You need to be overflowing in the Spirit of of God, not just on a monthly basis, not just on once a year or once every 10 years when you gave your life to Christ, but it needs to be a constant, permanent, total infilling of the Spirit of God that you overflow with the things of God. So then you can continue to overcome the schemes of the devil. How do we do that day after day, night after night, hour after hour, minute after minute when we're filled with the Spirit of God? We will have the victory that God has died for us. Christ shed His blood for you to be filled and operating in the Spirit of God in every area of your life. Not just one area. Well, I got this area. It's okay. But what about this other area? There's other areas in your life tonight that God says you got to let them have be held by the Spirit of God. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll bring you direction. He'll teach you how to handle it. He'll teach you what to say. Some of the things that you say are not filled with the Spirit-filled words that God wants them to be. you got to have Spirit-filled words or faith words. Pastor Shelley told today, he said, we're going to take authority over this, this spiritual realm up here. Well, God causes everything to just happen in its own way. Well, it's just God's will that five people died because of tornadoes. No, that's not God's will. The enemy's trying to distort something. It's no different than when Jesus was sleeping like she referred to. Jesus was sleeping. He was filled with the Spirit of God. Don't you think that? He was being led by the Spirit of God. He heard the Father. He saw the Father. He had a direct chain link right there. Boom. Line, whatever it is. A, a phone line or whatever you might want to think about. A direct line to God by the Spirit of God living on the inside of Him. Where are we in our family? Where are we in our communities? Where are we within this church? Are we willing to say, wait a minute. Peter was different because he knew Jesus. He knew Jesus three years before, but he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Something happened. Would you all agree with that? Have you ever read the book of Acts? Something happened because he got filled with the Spirit of God. Overflowing. Holy Spirit used to come on people in the Old Testament. Came upon Zechariah came upon Saul and Saul prophesied. Spirit of God lives in you now. You can prophesy. Came and left. Now the Spirit of God doesn't come and leave. The Spirit of God comes and takes up residence in you. Comes and takes up residence in you. Are you going to let the Spirit of God just fill you? Or are you just going to get just one drop? They out there know that we in here belong to Him up there by our actions and our attitudes. That's right. That's right. It's hard for me to even discern some Christians sometimes. And I'm not talking about you guys. It's hard for us. And you've been in situations where you thought, 
I thought that guy knew Christ. He sure didn't act it, and he sure didn't, he sure didn't seem like it. We leave that to God, but it sure makes an impression on you. Don't think it doesn't. And don't think you don't make an impression on somebody else. When things are difficult, are you the person to say, we're going to get through this? When there's a problem, is the problem going to get bigger? Or are you going to say, I'm not going to speak the problem, I'm going to speak the solution? When there's something that needs to be solved, are you the one that's going to say, let's pray and let's solve the issue? God's looking for us. When the disciples were in that upper room and the Spirit of God came, they were different when they came out. Are you different? Are you different in your life? Are you willing to reconcile? Are you willing to, someone that you may have wronged, are you willing to say, you know what, man, I was wrong? Are you willing to speak for Christ? Because that's how it's going to happen. God's not going to audibly speak from heaven. It's up to you to speak for Christ and us to be led by the Spirit of God. Will you just stand up tonight? I just want Angela just to play, just to play. A little bit louder if we can, a little bit louder. I'm just going to ask you just to lift your hands up. Why? Because I want you to surrender to God tonight. And this is, no, this is not just you, it's me. I need to surrender everything to God. Peter was a man. Said he wouldn't deny Christ and he did. And he felt guilty. He felt ashamed. Because he had denied Jesus. But that guilt and that shame didn't hold him back. I want you to ask God to fill you tonight. I don't want you to do it just because, well, pastor says, fill, fill me, God, go ahead and do it. No, I want you to say, God, fill me tonight. God, fill me. Fill me. Because there's been jealousy. There's been envy. There's been strife. There's been confusion. There's been dissension. There's been a terrible attitude. There's been lack of faith. There's been fear. All these things are in our lives, guys. My beloved, God says, let me fill you tonight. Let me fill you to overflowing tonight. Let me fill you. Let me change you. Let me shape you. Let me mold you. Listen to Him tonight. Teach us, Holy Spirit. Guide us, Holy Spirit. Bring us into understanding. Bring us into peace. Bring us into unity. Help us worship God. Help us understand your word, God. Help us understand that we are believers and we believe in Christ. His death, burial, resurrection. We believe in the power of the Spirit of the living God. Fill us tonight. Ask, ask the Lord just to fill you. Say, God, fill me tonight. God, fill me tonight. Come on, ask Him, church. Fill me up tonight, God. Fill me to overflowing, God. Fill me to overflowing. I don't want to just be half full. 
I just don't want to be half full because when I'm half full, somebody will look and they'll say that I'm half full instead of I'm, I'm, or, or that I got half gone instead of being full. Fill us up tonight, God. Fill you up tonight. Let go of it, church. Let go of it. My beloved, let go of those things. Let them just fall off. Let them just fall off. Let God just fill you. God, just fill us tonight. Shake us. Shake us tonight, God. Shake us loose of anything that's not of you tonight, God. Shake us loose, God, tonight. Now, I want you to have a boldness of Christ in your life. I want you to not be ashamed to do the right thing. Don't be ashamed to do the right thing. Don't be ashamed to say the right thing. Don't be ashamed to walk in the right manner. Don't be ashamed to understand the Word of God and then execute it in your life. God, I pray for tonight. If you're here tonight and you've not had the the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come. The Bible says that I can lay hands upon you and you will receive it and you will speak in another tongue. If you're here tonight and maybe you've just, maybe you've done it and you did it 10 years ago and you want a new fresh infilling of the Spirit of God, I want you to come up tonight. Because I want to lay my hands on you. You are going to receive a fresh infilling of the Spirit of God tonight.